everyone, and welcome to this month's episode of the Read Right to Left podcast. I am, as always, G from Simply G, joined by my always wonderful co-host, Ray from Whimsical Pictures. Hello, everyone. And this month, we are spotlighting a particular demographic. Um, We'll be talking about Jose Manga. It's February... So, uh, typically, it's the month of, well, buying people's love, but... (laughs) Valentine's Day, Galentine's Day, Valentine's Day, whatever you all love to celebrate. Yes, and companies just want us to be able to express our love in the most material way possible. Um, so... In sort of in relation to that, we are going to be talking about Jose series, what Jose is, and for a majority of this episode, actually answering your questions. We got so many this month. <laughs> Thank you guys so, so much for that. But I think it will give a pretty fair overview. It will let us talk about particular series and creators that we enjoy, and as well as the sorts of genres that we see within this demographic as well I think a little bit and yeah so rather than spend too long on this intro I think we should just get straight into what Jose manga actually is what that word means and what sorts of series do we see for Jose manga in English yep uh so I think a lot of people are aware of I guess, sort of the four quote-unquote main demographics of manga. Uh, Certainly, I think the most famous ones are shonen and shoujo, which, you know, have, I guess, thoroughly come into the (laughs) English manga fandom vernacular, Um, especially through, like, Viz's Shonen Jump and Shoujo Beat labels. I think people generally have an Mm -hmm. idea what to expect from those two words. Um, Shonen being largely series aimed at a presumed male audience, uh, roughly between the ages of 8 and 18, and Shoujo being uh, aimed at girls of the same age demographic. And... We see a broadening of this all the time, especially with regards to shonen. But there is also an older sort of demographic manga aimed at adults um, over the age of 18. Uh, And for the presumed male audience, that is called seinen. And for the presumed female audience over the age of 18, that is... Uh, Jose, basically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the basic rundown. It's the most basic definition. Uh, it yeah. basically just tells you where in the bookstore to look for your books more than anything yeah. else. <laughs> yeah. I think, as you said, um, demographics are and age ranges and presumed audiences nowadays uh, definitely helped thanks to accessibility. Um, has really kind of not, we don't, 
it's not really an indication of much anymore. I yeah. think um, majority of manga fans, regardless of age or gender, read shonen manga. Um, quite a few of those same people read shoujo and seinen certainly. Um, and but typically, Jose is kind of the not black sheep of the group, but it's certainly the least popular or least um, well known. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think certain people. Um, or f- I think fans may even be reading Jose series that they don't like immediately know our yeah. Jose series. Um, and that's again just sort of a testament to these demographics don't really indicate much aside from maybe what magazine they were in originally and perhaps some of the tropes or things that you may expect, but really, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> it's you know six of <laughs> six of some half a dozen of the other it's the same yeah. <laughs> i feel like it's the same thing i feel like we've both talked before about how utterly meaningless the word seinen is at this point <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like seinen is absolutely a general audience's demographic like mm-hmm. you know berserk mm-hmm. is just as much a seinen series as which had atelier is you know a seinen series <laughs> Whereas I feel like with, just like with shoujo as compared to shonen, which has more of a general audience's feel to it, um, mm-hmm. I feel that Jose in the same way, even in how it's marketed over here, as well as the types of genres that you see represented, um, there is this idea of like series that are for boys are for everyone uh-huh. and series that are mm-hmm. for girls are specialized a special interest mm-hmm. and i think that's definitely the case not just with people's consuming habits but also the way that jose is marketed um and created there's a ton of series that are under a sane and label because they're from like you know, indie magazines or mixed audience magazines, general mm-hmm. audience magazines that are labeled as seinen because seinen such a general label that are, you know, very much centering the experiences of, you know, adult women, uh, mm-hmm. which I think is, I don't know, kind of interesting, <laughs> uh, depressing, you know, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I don't know. I I found while I was going through the series that I've read that it was like I had to like check quite a few times to be like is this actually a Jose or or was it just just yeah. a seinen like looking to check the magazine, right? Um mm-hmm. because it's so hard to tell with a lot of these. Yeah. Uh it's as you said, I think Typically, I think all female uh, focused or, or audience specific uh, media does typically or does have this uh, assumption that it's a specialized thing, that it's going to be harder or not as accessible to boys or men in the same way that, you know, women can relate to a male protagonist, um, <laughs> which is sad, right? Ugh. Uh, but it also does mean that shoujo and jose 
is thus then able to, uh, I guess, explore women's lives and problems a bit more um, in, a, in a way that I don't necessarily think, well, I mean, it might, <laughs> it might just kind of uh, <laughs> push away that, that male audience even more. But it does mean that Jose very often, uh, almost always, is focused on adult women and their lives and the adult like problems in their lives, but mm-hmm. just issues insofar as whether that be relationship issues, whether that be um, health issues, things like pregnancy or marriage or divorce. Work. Um, which, <laughs> which obviously, like, a lot of men would experience too, but not happening to that. Like, preg- men are never, well, cisgendered men aren't going to be experiencing pregnancy in the same way that a cisgendered woman is. So, like, there is that disconnect a little bit, but I I would argue that if you have a pregnant partner, you'd hopefully, you know, yeah. be trying to be supportive and interested and invested in the same way that, you know, a mother is. Um, well, I was about to, like, give a bit of a hot take, if I could. Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> a spicy Go hot ahead. take. Um, I feel like a lot of specifically male manga fans who come to... I don't know. I feel like you probably experience this too. It's like if you're mm-hmm. a woman making manga related videos, you get a lot of guys who are like, where should I start with shoujo and jose manga? Um, which is all well and good, but it's like, mm-hmm. there's an assumption that I'm supposed to give you a series that is not deeply centered around the inner lives and experiences specific to being a woman in Japanese society. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, (laughs) I read a lot of series that are about, you know, specifically male experiences that Mm -hmm. are different from the way that my life is or ever will be. And I find it totally easy, natural, to empathize with those experiences and find an interesting story <laughs> in there. Um, so, I I do get a little frustrated when there's this assumption that it's just impossible to find a connection point between your life and the sp- struggles that may be a bit more specific to women in society. Mm-hmm. I would like well, to see more people <laughs> who are interested in giving that stuff a, a shot. <laughs> I I think I mean, Ray, you know my stance in so far as I cause drama <laughs> in the Twitter sphere about how uh the inherent sexism in how people talk about Mm-hmm. shoujo and jose manga of how the framing of a lot of series by uh typically but but everyone but t- typically male fans as shoujo or jose series being quote-unquote actually good or you know 
not that shoujo or yeah. whatever. Like framing it's not that, that girly. framing recommend yeah. I just saw someone like recommending Blue Flag because don't worry, it's not that LGBT. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> which is a Shonen but Jump framing... series, by the way. I see a lot of people call mm-hmm. that one shoujo, and it is not. <laughs> no, uh, and again, that's that's sort of the framing. Weird, right? Framing to have a Shonen drama series that treats the female characters like actual human beings with feelings and lives. Uh-huh. You know? It almost and, makes it and, feel like a shoujo <laughs> series. Weird, and that. Not to, not, to, <laughs> not to start the drama up on the podcast now, but the the inherent like assumption that every romance series must be written for women, as if like Shonen Jump isn't filled with like romantic comedy harem series literally all of the time. Right. Some of the most influential series uh, that are still classic, still popular, uh, are are rom-coms. But because male protagonists somehow all of a sudden, they're, it's not, it's not like those icky, I don't know, Kimi Toroke or something. Yeah, those those icky girl series with their cooties. What makes Nisekoi or like Ah oh My Goddess or, or like, uh, quintessential quintuplets? <laughs> or yes, or Love Hina or any of these any of these things less about romance compared to Kiminitoroke or I don't know any anything coming out of Shoujo Beat. Anything that is like focused on high school romance. It's just weird man it's weird i don't know man but anyway you know getting yeah. spicy early in the evening today um <laughs> i encourage y'all to have an open eager interest in the inner lives of women <laughs> female characters yes um, yeah i think there's i i think there's always something if you're not used to, I, I say this as obviously someone who reads a lot of stuff, and I have a very wide reading range, and I always have, even outside of manga. Um, and it's it's advice that's given to uh, creators a lot, writers and illustrators and whatever, that you have to kind of consume a lot of. A certain type of media before you can fully like understand it i don't know i feel like if you're very insular in your consumption of content then you just kind of miss some of the most interesting and influential and important things where where would manga be now if the if if japan never like took any interest in Rose of Versailles. <laughs> a lot like we it would be so totally different from what it is now. Or Heart of Thomas or half like any any of the year twenty four stuff or any of that influential structure. It, well, yeah, we've already had this whole conversation in an earlier podcast episode. So Yeah. Okay. So that's what Jose is. Um 
<laughs> and also uh some some extra some extra spice on the side. <laughs> yes. Uh should we get into the first yes. question? Absolutely. Okay, so the first question is actually a good one to connect with this. Uh, from at Tales of Color uh, is asking for recommendations of romance series for people who usually don't like romance. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if anything immediately comes to mind. I always find that, like, one of the questions I follow that question up with is, "What don't you like about yeah. romance?" Basically, uh, uh, there's a lot of different kinds of romance series. So it's kind of hard to... Exactly. Like, do you not like, like, cheese? I guess? <laughs> <laughs> um, cheesiness? I did write down a couple that I think mm -hmm. um, I've seen appeal to people over the years who aren't necessarily big fans of, like, you know, the sort of realistic romance type of genre. Um, mm -hmm. One of them is uh, the story of Sayunkoku, uh, mm -hmm. which is, I mean, I guess it's technically, like, a low fantasy, but there's not really any magical elements in it. But it is about a girl uh, who ends up being... Uh, hired as the consort to the emperor uh, in order to teach him about politics and later on it's about her uh, journey towards trying to become the country's first uh, female civil servant but you mm -hmm. know it's also like a, a goofy reverse harem with a lot of cute politician boys <laughs> and it's like her relationship with the emperor who is openly bisexual, which we love to see. <laughs> um, so I I like that one because, first of all, Shirei is not a, uh, you know, wallflower by any sense of the word. She's not some mm -hmm. sort of, like, I guess, more blank slate type of romance protagonist. She's very much in the, yeah. like, Yona, you know, Yoko kind of vein of, like, being very gung-ho and smart and political, um, strong-willed mm -hmm. heroine. Um, and there's always, you know, politics weaving through everything that happens in that series, which I think is fun. <laughs> yep. I, <laughs> I would, <laughs> so in as Ray said, like, dependent on what it is you dislike about typical, like, romance series, whether that be that it's too cheesy, whether you dislike um, very strict, like, heteronormative uh, relationship dynamics, mm -hmm. whether that be um, you just aren't someone who uh, really cares about romance or has any investment in romance generally um because of i don't know other other reasons um it is very i i there's a lot of jose that has romance like quite prominently in the series but 
isn't inherently about romance. Like Story Sankoku, as you said, there's like, it's a reverse harem, but it's got politics and, you know, it's not a... I think that's a good example. And in in a similar vein, well, <laughs> not similar <laughs> insofar as, like, genre, um, but in a similar vein, one of the series that I would recommend is also one of the series that I think really, like, uh, exploded Jose's recent popularity in the West, and that is uh, Princess Jellyfish, yeah. which um, is... It has romance elements in it, but it's more so about... Uh, well, it's a comedy, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's more so about being true to yourself, your passions... Um, the fashion industry, obviously, as well. Um, but all, and, and being able to express yourself and being able to take pride in the things that you are invested in, regardless of, like, what the rest of the world thinks about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's just overall, like, a really fun, funny likable cast um there's sort of a love triangle between Tsukimi and our the main character and uh the two half brothers in that series mm-hmm. um and so there's that element but even at the end of it I don't know there's just also likable it's like I don't even care how <laughs> all of that wraps up I just want everyone to be happy. I want everything to be going well for these kids. I say <laughs> as like some of them are in their 30s, but <laughs> but that one I think if you don't I don't know. I find uh that creator her stuff is very funny. So if you are someone who likes uh comedy, um then that one's a good one to go with in a similar sense or like on the opposite on the opposite uh side of the spectrum if you're more so interested in nuanced looks um at relationships at romance at things like that then something like maiden railways might be more your thing where it's small snapshots of all sorts of different relationships, some romantic, some not, and yeah. you're it's more so uh you know just a a fun little one and done with a lot of sweet interlinking stories about people who catch the train <laughs> uh yeah i I would put like all my darling daughters as well as another mm-hmm. one that's a good like one volume collection of interconnecting short stories it's more about relationships between mothers and daughters but there's certainly a lot of mm-hmm. other different kinds of relationships in there yeah that one's good i mean it's fumi yoshinaka and... so <laughs> i was i was about to say and my favorite mangaka so yeah. <laughs> gets my seal of approval i'm um, sure that's the one that was nominated for neisner as well i think so Maybe. i think so probably um, it's really good. <laughs> I would also say, um, I was just thinking about, uh, the one that I just read today, which just came out mm-hmm. yesterday, I think, 
Um, mm-hmm. I read it digitally. Is uh, Haru's Curse? Um, yeah, it's done in one volume. Uh, this one, I don't know. It it was like getting a bunch of awards for a while, but <laughs> this. Uh, First of all, the art style, I feel like, is a little bolder and harsher than you often see with Jose manga. Um, mm-hmm. It reminded me of Detective Conan's art style more than anything else. <laughs> but um, this is a romance between a woman and a man after the death of the woman's sister. Um, but it's a lot more complicated than that. It's dealing a lot with her grief, both of their grief over her loss, because this man was engaged uh, to be married to the sister. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And they started dating after the sister died. So it's a very complicated, messy situation. And it gets messier. (laughs) But, um, but not unrealistic. Huh? That actually does not unrealistic either, though. That does no. Kind of that's happen. it. It does. That's what I liked about it is that even though it deals with some pretty like tangled and twisted up emotions, like it feels very realistic to mm-hmm. how these two characters are dealing with the grief of the loss of this person um, who they both had a very different relationship to and trying to figure out what their relationship to each other means in the context of that grief. Um, Mm -hmm. As well as they're both dealing with separate sort of messy family situations Um, and they end up finding through each other and through their grief um, their own ways to toward freedom and independence as young adults. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that just the way that it's not just about, you know, who's in love with who and who's, you know, in a messy relationship with who, it's more mm-hmm. like the whole of these characters' lives being affected by this traumatic event and how they contextualize their relationship in the wake of that event um, Mm -hmm. might make it more interesting to someone who, you know, maybe isn't that drawn to just, like, romance stories in general. Who feels like maybe they're uh, a little trite or just not that interesting to read about, I think this yeah. one might be worth giving a shot. Mm-hmm. I think uh, on that kind of similar rationale, uh, but for... It's not that it's not uh, tropey or cheesy in a certain sense, but so, uh, stuff like... Or a series like Perfect World, where it's obviously about a romantic relationship but there's other elements uh pertaining to disability and how that affects relationships um is maybe also another option uh that because it it does lean into 
certain like tropes of romance and and <laughs> it's not that it's like a holy it's not that it's completely uh lacking the cheese <laughs> at certain points but it's it does have that that other element to the relationship that whether it be you want to see um particular like handling of disability and how that affects relationships or you're just wanting something a little outside of the more standard like boy meets girl and drama ensues Mm -hmm. then that might be another title to think about i also like how much that series goes into uh ayukawa i think his name is his job Mm -hmm. uh we do get quite yeah. a bit of information on, like, barrier-free architecture, and uh, he is loosely based off of a real architect. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, I like, I always like Jose series that um, don't just spend all the time, like, with the romantic relationship, but also focus on the characters' careers, so mm-hmm. that's kind of nice. Uh, I think the girl yes. is an interior designer as well, but we don't get as much focus on that. Question number two. <laughs> uh, this is from at Lesbo Pyhemus. What makes a good romance Jose? And how does Jose differ from Shoujo? Are there some things it does better than Shoujo when it comes to romance? Uh, yeah, we'll treat that as one question. So basically, mm-hmm. what makes a good romance Jose, and uh, is it different from a good romance shoujo? And are there some things that it does better than shoujo when it comes to romance? So I think for me, uh, honestly, this goes for any romance, whether it be Jose, Shonen, <laughs> Shoujo, Seinen, whatever it is, um, I always it's very dependent on the couple. Like I, I have to yeah. <laughs> be invested in the relationship. Uh-huh. I'm not, I'm not really a fan of like the wolf hour meets the bad boy type <laughs> of stories typically. Um, but I'm also like not uh, interested in the like dowdy secretary meets the hot company president scenario. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what, what makes a good romance Jose for me is being able to portray an adult relationship. Uh, so obviously people who are out of high school, whether that they be in college, whether they be working, um, with the maturity that you would hope mm-hmm. adults have, mm-hmm. um, that without just immediately jumping right into the same sort of contrite misunderstandings and uh, if there is things like jealousy or miscommunication or whatever if it is able to actually handle that as if our characters are adults who like (laughs) each other and who want a relationship to work (laughs) and therefore communicate with each other Mm -hmm. um that's sort of what is the point of difference for me and further to your the rest of that question a lot of that and it's because uh the the difference 
in that from shoujo is that you there is a lot more misunderstandings there is a lot more like um withholding your feelings and not being um you know open and um, there's like communicative a rival girl who shows up and like looks at the boy in the wrong way and the protagonist (laughs) is like spends the next eight volumes being like oh my god they're totally like (laughs) in love and he doesn't care about me. He only cares about that girl. And then she, like, never talks to either of them. <laughs> and then in the end, it and turns out that she was, like, his cousin or something. You're yeah, like, they're neighbors talk. and they've just known each other forever. Talk. <laughs> talk to each other. But the thing is, I can, in shoujo, that, when it's, like, a, a high school romance or when you're dealing with teenagers... I don't know if people remember when they were a teenager, but that is not unusual. <laughs> that that drama, that strangeness, and the the fear of actually speaking to the people that you are interested in, um, definitely are. Adolescence is a rough time for everyone. <laughs> All of those hormones just screw mm-hmm. everybody up. Um, yeah, so I can although, believe it when it's a fifteen-year-old. I can I'm not as <laughs> I can, but also I don't always want to read. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that it makes it. I'm not saying that it makes it compelling, but I'm saying it. It's I can I can absolutely believe that a sixteen-year-old is gonna be stressed out about the weirdest stuff yeah. because the boy that she likes, you know, forgot to text back immediately, right? <laughs> I'm I'm less less forgiving when your characters are meant to be like 29 years old and presumably have been working for 10 years yeah. and interacting with other people. <laughs> but I mean, that's honestly the main reason that I would read a Jose over a shojo is that I mean I'm 25. <laughs> and the more I gain in years, uh, the less patience I have for teenagers and their bullshit. <laughs> and honestly, that's what it comes down to most of the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's ways to do it interestingly. That's why I still read quite a decent amount of shoujo. Like, mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of times... It's not done in an interesting way at all. Like, I was just reading um, Kageki Shoujo, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. And there's the two main characters, the idol girl and the main girl, Sarasa. And the idol girl is, like, because of a lot of stuff that's happened in her past, she really doesn't like showing emotion and she's not good at it. Um, Mm Mm-hmm expressing herself or showing passion for anything but like a big part of the latter half of that book is like her realizing that she actually does really want to be friends with her roommate and trying (laughs) to figure out how to express that to her and still maintain Mm -hmm. her coolness and (laughs) it's adorable (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i mean it can be endearing (laughs) It can be endearing uh, and compelling. Yeah, Yeah, it's certainly not, like... (laughs) I I hate to pit demographics against each other because 
despite us saying that they're quite arbitrary at the beginning, they are catering to different groups of people. And teenagers love seeing themselves in manga, Mm -hmm. right? So... And that's that's good. That's actually really great. Um, so I I read a lot of shoujo. I enjoy a lot of shoujo, but a lot of it typically is stuff that I I read once, and I'm happy that these kids are <laughs> going to live happily ever after. Yes. Um, but I don't need to like I don't need to keep that like deep in my heart or in <laughs> on the shelves because. You know, it's there's by the numbers. It's typically a happily ever after, and that's that's what you want sometimes. But yeah. sometimes you just want like actual real life. I want I want characters interact. who complain about overtime as much as I do. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um. Yeah. Honestly, if I'm going to read a story that's all full of teenage angst, I will read a 70s shoujo manga because, you know what? <laughs> if I'm going to read something full of angst, I want it to be the most angsty thing that could possibly mm. exist. I just... <laughs> every emotion. I want to feel every emotion all at once. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the other question from at Lesbo Pahimis is what Jose titles would you like to see licensed? I have uh, one specific answer to this and it's a long shot. I would cry if it happened but I don't expect it to and that is Kids on the Slope. <laughs> I would murder someone in a dream for that series. I wouldn't actually murder someone in real life, but like I really want that series licensed. <laughs> <laughs> do a lot of things for that series, but it's it's longish. It's kind of a little old. It's the popularity boost that it may have gotten from the anime is sort of past. So I I doubt it unless we get nice like omnibus editions but again I doubt it because Jose is not the most popular and so it would be risky and uh my other answer to that question is a series that has been licensed but again long shot will never happen uh I'd love it to make the transition to print and that is one of my favorite series uh, Chihaya Furu, uh-huh. <laughs> which will never happen because it's 40 plus volumes and a Jose sports series, which means it's just absolutely <laughs> never gonna happen, sadly. We can uh, all so dream. yeah, those are my, those are my dreams that will never come true. Yep. Um, my, uh, dreams are, uh, every single Motohagio title that has ever been released. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because she's worked with Flowers Magazine for a long time, and <laughs> so all of those are Jose titles. I don't care which ones, I want them all. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess the one that 
I most want and also the one that we're least likely to get <laughs> because it's 17 <laughs> volumes long and depressing as hell <laughs> is um, <laughs> Zankoku Nakami ga Shihai Suru or A Savage God Reigns uh, which mm-hmm. is about this kid named Jeremy who moves to the UK with his mom when she remarries to this guy um and uh, his new stepfather, like, brutally abuses him. A lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, for, like, half the series. Until, basically, Jeremy ends up uh, fixing his car. You know, not fixing. Like, fucking with it. Um, Mm -hmm. so that it'll crash, and he ends up dying along with Jeremy's mother, um, and it's about him and his stepbrother dealing with the aftermath of that, and his stepbrother realizing how terrible, uh, his father was to this kid, and them also having this, like, inexplicable carnal draw to each other, (laughs) uh, Mm -hmm. that is... Deeply, deeply toxic, but like they just can't stay away from each other. And it's really <laughs> good, but it's weird as hell. <laughs> and it's <clears throat> depressing. <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> I love it a lot. <laughs> and I would love to have it. <laughs> I mean, I do have it. Yeah. <laughs> but I would love to have it in English. <laughs> So you can subject it upon all your friends, which means me. Yes. Which means me and our other group chat that we're in. Are you telling me you would not read that? No, I never said anything of the sort. But I'm just saying that the first person you'll subject it to is me. Of course. How many series have I read because you told me to? A lot. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that I wouldn't read it. And do you know how many series I read because you've recommended them? A lot. This is a two-way street. It's the synapses that we share, firing on both ends. Um. Uh, yeah. Uh, I want that in English, and I would buy it, and I, only I would buy it, and um. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know when we're getting the other half of the Poe clan, but after that, I would also like the third half of the Poe clan, which is the new stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that would be nice. That's the other one I want. I want, like, a lot of the post-year 24 stuff, is like Jose. Mm -hmm. Um... There's a collection of short stories I really like called Boga Ippon by, um, mm-hmm. what's her name? Eh, Fumiko Takano. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's just a collection of short stories that kind of spans her career, sort of like A Drunken Dream did with uh, Motohagyo in English. But um, she just writes these really interesting little, like, snapshots into the lives of mostly 
you know, young women, young wives. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know. She has a very interesting, like, expressionistic way of portraying the world. I would, I would like to see that. Mm, sounds, sounds interesting. I would definitely read it. <laughs> Next set of questions is from at 365 days of 801. Who also asks what sets Jose apart from Shoujo? Uh, the age of the characters, mostly. Not always. Shihaya yeah. Fudu is about teenagers, but um, mm-hmm. I feel like there is a difference as far as like Jose series about teenagers tend to have more of a nostalgic lens to them rather than a mm-hmm. this is happening now, oh my god, teenage feelings. Uh. <laughs> it tends yeah. to be more like, oh, these kids remember youth. <laughs> so, remember when you had that passion for life before yeah. you joined the working world and had that all <laughs> and the light out of behind you. your eyes died. <laughs> um, and she also says, and because I'm a BL enthuse. Do you see any crossover of those genres, e.g. ABL that is Jose-like and vice versa? Um, A lot of BL magazines are technically Jose magazines, so I would Mm -hmm. say yes. Yeah, one of the um, recently released uh, series, um, the carp jumps, uh, the carp on the chopping block jumps twice and the corner mouse uh dreams of cheese those are both jose series but bl series at the same yeah. time like it's yeah my beloved so we do actually see my yeah, beloved itoshi no neko of... is also a jose series mm-hmm. yep also um yes. not bl but like comic yuri hime is the most mm-hmm major i guess yuri magazine and that one is also technically a jose magazine um mm-hmm. so yeah i don't really think that they're different like most bl are jose yeah and i think it just kind of uh expands that point that it's <laughs> a look at messy adult relationships with <laughs> adults just yep. with with uh queer characters versus heterosexual couple like yep. it's just it's more the more the same thing uh <laughs> yep <laughs> uh especially nowadays when we get so many series that are about like adult men falling in love mm. in the workplace or whatever like cherry magic or whatever um yeah <clears throat> Which, uh, I love a good office romance, so I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> uh, but yeah. And also, like, the number of BL mangaka that we see becoming prominent in non-strictly BL, like Jose, mm-hmm. like Fumi Yoshinaga, mm-hmm. or Natsume Ono, or, um, mm-hmm. you know, Hariko Kumota. Junko. Junko yeah. does a lot of shoujo, yeah. And which, this is still from 365801, asks, uh, which Jose titles deal with gender, sexuality, and do any address 
feminism from a Japanese perspective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think um, some of the stuff that immediately comes to mind uh, with regards to feminism uh, from a Japanese perspective is uh, some of the one-shots, vertical one-shots that mm-hmm. we got, things like Pink and Helter Skelter and In Clothes Called Fat and uh, All My Darling Daughters, which isn't a vertical release, but uh, sort of in that wheelhouse. Yeah, Those typically focus on not only women and their, like, different relationships and whatever else, but it is very critical at how women find themselves, their place, quote-unquote, in society and how Uh fucked up it is, typically. Um, And a, a lot more of a discussion on, you know, the, well... In Close Cold Fat is a perfect example of this, of uh, happiness being tied to body image, being tied to the media, and sort of the unobtainable standards. Again, something we see with Helter Skelter. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, those sorts of those sorts of things are, or those series, those books are what I would recommend if you're wanting something that's like very blatantly. Yeah obvious as to that <laughs> also some of Anna's other stuff like um mm-hmm. her period stuff about like sex workers like sakuran or memoirs of mm-hmm. amorous gentlemen or um buffalo five girls she talks a lot about yes. like women's issues and uh women's sexuality and feminism <laughs> so um <laughs> let's see ayasawa does as well in like mm-hmm. uh, Nana and Paradise Kiss both, I think uh, maybe in a more I don't know what to say, like a less didactic way, I don't know, she just sort of weaves uh-huh. them in as like you know, these are some of the pressures that face women and it really sucks for them kind of thing. What else? I mean a lot I feel like I mean <laughs> I don't know. It's, it, I'm a woman really and I have a lot to... of feelings about <laughs> women in society, so Yeah, I think it's 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 really hard um it it would be really hard to be writing a story about a working woman or like a a housewife or a stay-at-home mother or any of these things without having without addressing feminism in some aspect. Even if it isn't uh, inherently, like, obvious, I would say that a majority of these series do, you know, do have them, whether intentional or not. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just kind of part of the discussion. And we've, I mean, we've said it before, but, you know, if you're not a fan of the word feminism, you're not listening to the right podcast. (laughs) Apologies, guys. Uh, Thanks for sticking around this long, but feel free to leave. Um, <laughs> in the more like sci-fi vein of things, AA Prime mm-hmm. and Otherworld Barbara yes. also both deal a lot with gender issues mm-hmm. um, and sexuality, especially AA mm-hmm. Prime. Oh, and Ooku. Yeah, that's what I was looking oh, for in yeah. my list. <laughs> Ooku is, is like a dressy, dressy. I think it's actually 
I think it's technically a... I don't remember. Uh, Melody. So it is a Jose series. Oh. Oh. That's good to know. Well, yes. Oku. Absolutely 100% read it. uh, Buy it. It's recently ended in Japan. I adore it. Um, May take a, a, a... volume or two to get used to the English translation. Extremely awkward, faux Shakespearean (laughs) speech. Yeah. Yes. But, but, it is, and I'm not just saying this as a Fumi Yoshinaga fangirl, it is incredible. Um, There's so much going on. Uh, There's just, mm, if you like political uh, sagas, political thrillers almost, (laughs) Um, historical fiction, and really uh, women's (laughs) feminism, huge, huge, huge part of that story. Um, But women's, and turning that idea of like women's roles in society on its head. If you're not familiar with Ooku, uh, it is a fictionalized retelling of history in where uh, the male population of Japan under 20 was largely wiped out from a contagious pox um, leaving society as majority women for a long time, uh, hundreds of years and so in response to that obviously women have taken over um, basically everything. They're the heads of families, they're heads of government, they're business owners, and in the, like, conversely, men or boys have become sort of the uh, cherished, beloved, um, cloistered away, you know, young damsels to be, you know, bought and traded and sold and, like, whatever else that typically girls would have been. Um, And... And so it, yeah, obviously a huge shift in, in the societal dynamics, but it's still retelling actual historical events, but with the caveat of what if the emperor was actually a woman, um, but history hasn't recorded it that way because Japan didn't want anyone to know that they were a nation of women primarily for a long time. Uh, So yeah, it's really super good. And read it. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. Uh, number, f- uh, the next, like, question is from at Rin Reads Manga. Looking for Jose series for a hopeless romantic, please. And they say, I'm having a hard time finding romance with adult characters that isn't the digital only smutty stuff. Yeah, okay, so my recommendation for a hopeless romantic is my androgynous boyfriend. Because <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is super sweet, and those two are hopelessly in love. It's it's not super explicit, but it's also not super tame. Like, these are adults who are in an established relationship, and thus, you know, that comes part and parcel with how they interact but it and it's also 
just really lovely and sweet and um, certainly hopelessly romantic in just how gaga those two are for each other, even <laughs> if other people don't quite understand all of the time. Yeah. Uh, I would actually say Perfect World I find to be a really, really mm. romantic series. Um, obviously really stressful to read at times. There's a lot of bad <laughs> things that happen in it, um, as mm -hmm. it deals with, you know, such a heavy, uh, central issue, I guess, of the main male character's spinal injury. But, um, mm. I don't know, just the way that these two just can't stay away from each other is, uh, I don't know, the romantic inside me is, uh, just really really into that it, it's so mm -hmm. sweet i don't know <laughs> um i would also say this is like a borderline series because it runs in dessert which runs both jose and shoujo series uh but a sign of affection is mm -hmm. uh about college students um uh it's about a girl who was born deaf, um, who, I don't know, she's sort of shy, and she ends up meeting this boy who is sort of a world traveler, you know, loves backpacking across new countries and everything, speaks, like, three different languages or something, um, <laughs> and, you know, he's fascinated by, you know, the fact that she speaks signed Japanese and he doesn't know any sign languages. So he's really interested in talking to her and learning a bit of sign language and their relationship just sort of develops from there. Um, and it's adorable. It's so cute. These two characters <laughs> are so really just cute. like sweet and nice to each other and like, just like genuinely into each other. I don't know. <laughs> it's super cute. <laughs> I'd recommend that yeah. one. Yeah, it's a it's a good recommendation. Um, and and this isn't a Jose, but I'm gonna tack it on here anyway. As for if you're looking for romance with adult characters that isn't just the digital only smutty stuff, uh, but still still have some of that spiciness is a series we've talked about before, one that I've really been enjoying, and that's Sweat and Soap. Sweat and Soap. And <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> is, yeah. Well, of course. Like, it's so super good, and if yeah. you are wanting... And I think, again, it's a testament to what we were talking about early, earlier, is that romance is, you know, anyone can read it, anyone can enjoy it, and it's it's something that is across all of the demographics. Um, and some of the best romance stuff that's been coming out recently has been from seinen publishers. Uh, yeah. But regardless, what, read that one. It's super good. <laughs> it's super good. I think it's. I think it will appeal to people who like Jose as well, for sure. Yes, it's a workplace definitely. romance. Next, we have. Uh, next set of questions from at Loom Ranmayasha. Favorite mangaka specializing in Jose? Uh, yeah, let's answer that one first. Akiko Higashimura. 
And yeah. <laughs> and Haruka Kumota. I mm, yeah. love him. And I mean, uh, <laughs> Yoshinaga as well. But like, we know that I'm just a crazy fangirl <laughs> for her anyway. But the mm, those two. And the the thing about like Higashimura in particular is that her stuff uh obviously Princess Jellyfish is super funny and really charming and wonderful, but kind of also like cringy, uncomfortable in the way that you recognize yourself. And Tokyo Tarareba Girls is like even more of that, but also <laughs> with like this the crushing even more so the crushing social pressures on women. Yeah. Um, it's just, like, kind of cranked to 11 because the cast of that is a decade older than a uh, certain... the main character in <laughs> in uh, in Princess Jellyfish. Uh, and, and her other stuff, uh, I think, is... Well, the, of what her ability to, like... Is- reflect back on her own life and like laugh at herself in blank canvas is so good yes and that's that's the thing that's the point of difference i think is that Mm self-awareness um the reason she writes about like characters who are like cringily just like super obsessed with really weird or socially um unacceptable quote-unquote um pastimes like otaku um, like idol fans, like whatever else, is because that is her. Like she's yeah. writing about herself, mm-hmm. and <laughs> she can do that with the knowledge of without like making it uh, offensive or disrespectful to the character and to the people who relate to those characters, but also with the knowledge and the intimate like. Uh, familiarity with facing that like pressure of having to have like reached a certain point in your job by a certain age or be married and have kids by a certain age or be able to achieve this and if you haven't done this then why haven't you and oh no you're failing as a woman um and i feel like how that... like well versed she is in japanese pop culture um yes also like contributes to when she's like here talking about like societal pressures on women um i think the way that she pulls in like stuff from all the music and dramas and you -hmm. know variety shows and whatever that she happens to consume as an avid (laughs) consumer of various (laughs) media (laughs) um i think that that just adds to the types of issues that she's often confronting. Uh, yes. You know, in, in a lighthearted and silly way, but still very much being mm-hmm. like, you know, this sucks and it's hard sometimes. <laughs> Cuts to the bone. And, and yeah. I have said it before, I will continue to say it in that Tokyo Tarareba Girls is literally one of the scariest horrors that um (laughs) you can read because it's incredibly too close to home (laughs) it hits way way harder than it needed to in my my own uh, 
Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, I also really like uh, Moyoko Ano, like I talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's really good at getting at a more like cynical side to like womanhood and toxic femininity. Um, yes. You know, as a response to like patriarchal pressures on women. Um, and I do like, again, how she writes about sex workers with a lot of mm-hmm. empathy and strength, but still very much like acknowledging the unique pressures that are on women in those jobs in these time periods. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> she's really good. She's really good. Um, I think she's said before something along the lines of, like, you know, talking about how much she, the reason she writes women who are so manipulative and despicable is because she actually hates women. (laughs) (laughs) That she thinks that, you know, yeah, they're they're really dark. She's got a quote about that somewhere. But, um... (laughs) I think that kind of, it it comes out in her work, but I feel like it's not like a, you know, hating women so much as realizing Mm -hmm. that women are complicated enough to do despicable things, uh, if that makes sense. Sometimes Um, women are their own worst enemy, uh, (laughs) sadly, and uh, (laughs) you see it. Sometimes they don't have a choice as well. Exactly, yeah. There's certain... I mean, obvi- like, people just... The, women people are complicated. Throughout, <laughs> people are complicated, and women, unfortunately, being uh, the the sex that is typically... Uh, well, when we live in a patriarchal society, women are the ones who bear the grunt of that. Um, and, and so, yeah, choices have to be made in, in order to survive, in order to... Uh, kind of get on with things and yeah you know why did Anthe stab Utna right uh-huh. because if she acknowledged all of the things that her brother did to her she would have to acknowledge all of the things that she did too and I like Kyoko Okazaki for similar reasons I like how anti-capitalist she is that's always mm-hmm. appreciated <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and Motohagyo obviously <laughs> yeah uh and and i i briefly mentioned uh in my initial answer but haruko kumata i think we only have well we have some of her bl in english uh thanks to Furukiya, but not enough of it main ser- <laughs> not enough of it and also her main series her main jose series um one of my favorite series of all time is descending stories a.k.a. Showa Genroku Rakugo Shinju, um, 10 volumes completed and has a phenomenal anime adaptation. Go watch uh, it on Crunchyroll mm-hmm, right now. Mm-hmm. Like, go, if you haven't watched go, it yet, go, I don't go, know go, what's, go, what's go. wrong with you. <laughs> uh, but the manga is phenomenal. Um, it is also a little bit atypical in that it focuses on um, what is presented as a a male male character follows his life and his relationship with his art which is rakugo 
uh, uh, he's a professional storyteller, and his relationships in his life and how he his decisions and how he lived from a very early age up until his death and how his life is so innately connected with his artistry mm-hmm. and how that affects him and his choices and it's yeah. oh it's so good it's so, it's so good. good. It's so. And oh if you, my gosh! If you don't cry four hundred times, then I yeah. there's some I'm, yeah. <laughs> and man, there's... if we're talking about like Jose that are tackling issues of gender and sexuality, man. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, that one. That one. Uh, <laughs> from so many different angles. Yeah, there's a lot of really interesting stuff in there just on the surface but if you you deep dive in a little deeper uh there's so much really interesting things to explore and and it's beautiful mm-hmm. and the anime has amazing rokugo performances so oh my gosh like akira ishida <laughs> the range of this man in this role uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> Honestly, Kawa and Nagisa could never. <laughs> no. Yakumo is honestly one of the most compelling protagonists I've ever come across. Um, his life, his story is just phenomenal. And it's very rare that you get such a... I don't know. Uh, it's it's not rare that you see the in, inner mind or the, the life of a creator, especially a male creator, but, but I think there's just certain nuances there that are handled in such a different way than the norm, and I just... I, yeah, I adore it. It's phenomenal, and and everyone yeah. go go it's read like, and watch it. You know, using Rakugo as like this whole metaphor for like, you know, the sort of passing of the torch from traditional Japan to modern Japanese society, and mm-hmm. you know, seeing that through a gender lens as well. With um, uh, what's the girl's name? What's the girl's name? She, oh, you know, cool. wants to be the next, um, Skeroku, right? Um, mm-hmm. and Rakugo is a traditionally male art. Um, it, there's so many layers to everything that happens. Oh my gosh. I also, like, I wanted and... to say, like, in terms of Kumoto's work, um, something I really like about her work, both Descending Stories and in the BL of hers that I've read, Mm-hmm. Is like, I feel like she's not afraid to write characters who are very, who do very ugly things and are not very, yes. I guess, pretty people in terms of their yeah. personalities. You know, they're messy, but like she writes mm-hmm. them so that they're so lovable despite and because of their flaws. Um, I don't well, know. They're human. And they make human decisions. And they well, make they're human, human mistakes. but they're also so huggable. Like, 
There is a huggability to even her most despicable characters that I think is very uh, uniquely yes. Kumota. <laughs> yes. And the character is Konatsu is trying to... That's that what I mean. thought! <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. I should have just <laughs> followed my instincts. Go- yeah, gone with your <laughs> gut there. Um... Uh, but yes, so if you have the Futakia subscription, there's several of her works available that way, and Kurancha has released Descending Stories uh, in its entirety, in print and digital, and yes. And I, with Descending Stories, uh, like you said, not only the, the, well, I mean, it's sort of the the title itself well the japanese title itself just kind of pulls in all of the elements mm-hmm. um very very well uh, the fact that it is set in this huge period of change uh in japan uh from the showa period <laughs> which obviously covers like a huge huge range of time um and so much stuff happened during the showa period obviously the war then the you know kind of the economic for like post-war japan and then the economic bubble of of the 80s and stuff and that's that's all connected society the global society changed so much between you know the 1920s and mm-hmm. the 1980s yep that and and by in extension of that how people entertained themselves as you said this this change from traditional arts and entertainment to television and radio and now we've got dance halls and we've got so much (laughs) cars we've got things to do and places (laughs) to be and people don't necessarily want to sit down and listen to a storyteller on stage but then again um looking at the cultural relationship with these traditional arts as well and how one person despite their relationship with their art um isn't wholly what that like what that is and how um the importance of maintaining traditional arts i think is one of the other big really big things in there. Anyway, yes, we, we'll but, continue. I have gushed enough. Um, <laughs> yeah. I guess the, uh, the title Showa Gendoku just refers to, like, the period in Japanese history. Rakugo, mm. of course, is the practice of, uh, you know, storytelling that this traditional Japanese performing art form. Um, mm. but Shinju is interesting because it means a lover's suicide. Um, yes, and which that comes is, into play in some fascinating ways. It is very pertinent to the series, in as just oh, all mm, yeah, yeah. We won't we won't give away that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the 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 Limran Mayasha also asks uh, if we have any series we want to see licensed, which we already answered. But then also asks if there is a particular genre or type of Jose manga that we'd like to see more of. Um, I'm a real big fan of uh, the current Jose horror that we have, aka 
Phantom Tales of the Night, give me more of that (laughs) sort of stuff. Because I, I mean... Give G more yokai. (laughs) Not just yokai. Give G more yokai creepy horror stuff. I really am not into, like, yokai romance. I don't want that. But give me... The creepy, weird, interesting stuff. Spooky, spooky. Like, ooh. <laughs> spooky, spooky is exactly right. Um, and I, w- we haven't really talked about this much um, because a lot of these questions have been romance-focused, for a good reason. But of course, like with every demographic, we have a huge range of genres here. Um, the series we were just talking about descending stories is more so a drama than like romance focused or anything else like it's a human drama story Mm -hmm. um and in a similar sense of course you know phantom tales of the night is a yokai spooky psychological creepy series (laughs) and uh i i would like to see more just diverse stuff um we recently got My Broken Marticle, which is uh, another very uh, personal, emotional-focused story that doesn't... Well, I mean, you could argue that it has romance in it. We don't quite know. Um, and, and that one's a, a single volume about a woman who, uh, after the untimely death of her best friend kind of reflects on her best friend's life and the very, very sad circumstances that kind of, throughout her life, her, her, the entirety of her life and her circumstances and how it got to this point where she ended up dying and then this friend, uh, her role in, in this other woman's life and how and that that guilt, that kind of reflection on could I have done more, and that mm-hmm. seeing that res- or feeling that responsibility, um, and that's wonderful. Not an easy read, uh, to say the least, but it it's yeah, really really good. And that that's again like really interesting stuff. Another very like um, different <laughs> different genre. Uh, but also kind of more focused on uh, an emotional story is uh, another wonderful series that nobody knows about because it is very hard to get. It's very out of print. Um, And I think, actually, the very first series that Yen Press ever released... With the Light? That is With the Light, uh, Raising an Autistic Child, which is about a mother and her experience as a parent to a child with autism and other developmental um, things in his life. Uh, He's not just autistic, but he's nonverbal, if I'm remembering correctly. So her, yeah, her just kind of being a new parent and not, like, not knowing anything about autism and, and... exploring that whole it deals a lot with um the special education system in japan as well yes and and because the 
I don't know if bigotry is quite the right word, but just how hard it can be for uh, special education kids and those who do need, you know, a little bit more support. Um, and of course, the, the, the stigma, the social stigma of mental illness and, and developmental disorders and things like that. So it's really, it's really good. Um, yeah, there's also and, like, yeah. it talks a lot about misconceptions about autism in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, the word for autism in Japanese is made up for kanji that are, like, the closing off of the self from the world. Mm-hmm. So a lot mm-hmm. of people assume that it's, like, an anxiety disorder um, mm-hmm. when they don't know, you know, what autism is. So it deals a lot with, like, dispelling those misconceptions about autism and autism spectrum disorder. Um, yeah, I mean... I'll, a lot of the information there is going to be dated now, but... Um, yeah, but it was certainly uh, helpful, I think, for a lot of people. Because I, yeah. I think more people now, both in the West and in Japan, are maybe more... Like, they've had more experience with autism. It's become a little less... Maybe. Uh, there's <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I because I, for my... I think, but I, I do think that perhaps in the U.S. and where I live in Australia and in certain parts of the world, um, it's probably more likely that you know someone with autism or you have a friend who has autistic family member or you have autism in your family. I think there's a little bit more understanding and discussion about it uh, versus other places in the world. That might be completely off I don't know but um yeah it's something that certainly gained a bit more prominence over the course of my lifetime definitely mm-hmm. um and it's it's something that has become more and more uh talked about and accepted and kind of demystified as it were or destigmatized a lot over the last couple decades yeah, for sure. I still think it's... Yeah, I, I really enjoy that series. Um, I really appreciate, you know, obviously considering where I work now, I appreciate what it taught me about, like, the Japanese education system, which I think a lot of mm-hmm. what happens in that series, some of it has changed for the better, but a lot of it is still, like, structurally very much the same, I think. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. It's helped me in some weird ways <laughs> over the years. <laughs> um, and and although it is very out of print, in print, you can still get it digitally, I believe, unless the license has lapsed. But um, yeah, it is worth uh, hunting down if you're interested. Yeah. Uh, for genres that I want to see more of, I really like office romances but i really don't like office romances um with weird as hell power dynamics um Mm -hmm. so i would like more of the type of office romance that's like co-workers and less of the type that's like you know the secretary with the company president would be nice yeah uh 
just just on a personal level it's not it's not my kink <laughs> <laughs> um i love i love coworker romance i love romance between two people who are very passionate about their work uh like um everyone's getting married um mm-hmm. yes where you know they work in different sort of companies but like they're both like supporting each other the whole way i mm-hmm. yeah i i love that i uh take a lot of pride in my work as well so i like seeing that reflected mm-hmm. in fiction i guess <laughs> um so what you're telling me is that you want sweat and soap but just like yeah more pasted five times yeah I want sweat and soap, but I want it again and again and again <laughs> in lots of different um, areas of the working world. Um, yeah, everyone's getting married is great. What I've read of yeah, an incurable is. case of love is pretty good. Um, that one has kind of like the nurse and doctor thing, but it's like, I feel like she has a lot of pride as a nurse and he has a lot of pride as a mm-hmm. doctor and I like that. Um, mm-hmm. Perfect world a, as well. Yeah. In a weird kind of way, um, Kaza Hikaru is a bit like this as well. Um, <laughs> where like it's historical fiction and they're not exactly in an office, but like yeah. they... <laughs> <laughs> but they're co-workers, right? Like that works. Yeah. <laughs> co-workers <laughs> in the Shinsen Kumi. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I No, I get you. Uh, same with, like, the story of Sai and Koku as well. Uh, mm. They're both, like, supporting each other, even though one of them's, like, the, the emperor of the country and the other one's, like, <laughs> you know, working to be, like, a civil servant. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, like, that mutual respect and, like, pride in each other's work is cool, and I like it, and I want more of it. <laughs> yep. Um, next set of questions is from at Takuto Anime Cafe, uh, who wants Jose Rex for newbies, uh, looking specifically for physical releases, and also asks, uh, which should I pick up first, Rakugo Shinju or Ooku? I think Rakugo but, Shinju, yeah, well, both, but, but yes. I think Rakugo Shinju <laughs> is the easier yeah. to get into. It's just... shorter, it's shorter, it's, um, yeah, it's probably easier to get to. Oku, as I said, it takes, like, a little while to get used to the translation yeah. choices, yeah. but which are like absolutely... What light through yonder window breaks, bro? <laughs> <laughs> but, but if you can stick with it, it it, oh, it's such a good series. But, um, once, I mean, start with Descending Stories. It's phenomenal. Absolutely 100% recommended. But Oku is also ending, uh, in English very soon. It's already ended in Japan. It is d- almost double the length of Rakugo, so be aware of that. But again, both of them. Just get both of them. <laughs> <laughs> but um, to answer your first question, I would say um, Princess Jellyfish. Like, I think that's 
fun, it's funny, it's approachable, um, it again is completed, and there's a reason that was the series that really got publishers to care about Jose again. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Also, I mean, some of the one-shots we've already talked about, yeah. uh, All My Darling Daughters, Maiden Railways, uh, well, Sakuran is impossible to find, but <laughs> if you can find that, get it. Um, um it's called Fat, all of, all, just all of them. Really. is Curse, uh, yeah. as well as, um, what was I just thinking of? Haru's Curse, and um, I am Paradise Kiss. Oh my god. Just got that, you know, the new release where it's all collected in one volume. So That one um, super thick boy. One super big thick boy. Um, (laughs) Yep. That's a doorstop right there, but it's a Mm -hmm. great value uh, if you want to read a five volume series. In one book. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Paradise Kiss is really great. Uh, mm-hmm. Really, really great. I don't know. It's it's about um, a girl who gets sort of hired uh, by um, a group of fashion students to be their model. And it kind of goes from there. But, uh, yeah, it's messy. It's all about, you know this girl, like, growing up in the context of learning about the fashion world and learning her passion for modeling, or if she even has a passion for modeling, and mm-hmm. her messy-as-hell relationship with this guy named George. Um, <laughs> and it's really good. Yes, it is. And I say that as someone who, like, when I first read it, or, well, no, when I first watched it, Man, I really did not like it at all. But since reading the manga uh, at 10 years older and with it being a, the situation kind of a little more distanced from uh, certain aspects of that situation uh, <laughs> that were <laughs> similar to my own life, uh, yeah, it's it's good. No, not yeah. the relationship stuff. <laughs> don't worry about that. That wasn't... I never had those issues. It was more so, like, the the stress of school and all those sorts of... Just, um, decisions were made in that... Yeah. Or in that series for well, understandable reasons. I was and gonna I say, think... Ayazawa does not write characters who make smart decisions. Well, exactly. <laughs> and that's why... So when I was a 17-year-old in my last year of school with the stress of university exams and this the main character was like, I'm just going to quit school and drop out and run away and I only have three months left, but this is what I want to do. The frustration of like, girl, wh- why? <laughs> I, I know it's like hard, but you literally have not even 12 weeks. You can just, but I can't don't. take it anymore. I've got to like take my <laughs> no. first steps into the world, and me and this guy are gonna be together forever. 
Girl, do you really want to be a high school dropout when you are literally like three months away? You've you made it this far. Oh my god. Anyway, I Paradise could, Kiss yeah. is really good, and when she walks out in the blue dress at the end, I cry every time. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it is good. It is good. Next one <laughs> is from uh, at Cursed Kona. Uh, cursed underscore Kona. Uh, any recs for Jose manga about adult women who are lethargic depressed or lonely especially if it has a tense or quiet atmospheric feeling to it also can each of you share a few jose mangaka with great art styles uh that second one let's save for the next set of questions because there's one that's similar to it but uh this recommendation one we can do now yep uh my lesbian experience with loneliness (laughs) (laughs) yep and the subsequent follow-up of my solo exchange did you, diary. And, did you see and, that she's writing a new one? Yes! And I'm, I'm so stressed out. Yes, oh god. Oh, <laughs> say no. Um, so, I'm going to keep yeah, reading my, it, though. I'm going to keep reading it. <laughs> yeah. Um, my my lesbian experience with loneliness, my solo exchange diary, and the new her new upcoming book in English, uh, not the new one she's writing, but the uh, is my uh, something with alcoholism, my alcoholic yeah. something. I oh, this poor yeah. woman, um, God, is not in a good place mentally, uh, physically, um sexually emotionally um she's just all sorts of she's just down bad (laughs) it's really bad and so these her memoirs are are her manga and she depicts her struggles very intimately and very uh upfront uh and and it's just it's incredibly hard to read because I think really there's oh there's just so much going on in her life and not a lot of happiness that she recognizes and she's not getting the support or doesn't realize the support she is getting. Um, mm-hmm. oh, it's just it's it's a tough one, but it's also really in that way it's it's very powerful and when i i'm with ray in that like i i desperately want her to stop writing just in so fact far that i want her life to get better yeah um but for very in your face confronting uh emotionally raw memoir you cannot go past my lesbian experience with loneliness and its subsequent sequels. It is, yeah, it's a rough one. Yeah. No end to this woman's suffering. None. Her her new series is about her eating disorder, which is, um, yeah, 
so uh, the first one was about a lot of things, but was framed by around her struggle with her sexuality and her lack of relationships. Um, and then the second one was about kind of her her perspective, reflecting on the perspective that she had. Well, it was um, like her book got her popular, book. and then her parents read it, and they were uh, <laughs> upset. A little... And concerned. Concerned about the way they were portrayed in the first one. Yes. Um. Oh my god, I'm so... I'm so worried. Mm-hmm. Uh. Let's see. I would say... Adult women who are lethargic, depressed, or lonely. I feel like there's quite a few. Um. Yeah. Haru's <laughs> Helter Skelter is sort of Helter that. Skelter, yeah. Um, Inclosed called Fat as well. Yes, very much. Uh, Otherworld Barbara to some extent. Mm. There's quite a few like main characters in that, but mm. I'm thinking of like Aoba. Um, yeah. My my broken marker as well, uh, as yeah. I mentioned earlier, like that, exacerbated by grief, but certainly, you know, it. Erika very... Sakurazawa manga tend to have kind of a yes, tense and quiet atmosphere to them. Oh well, especially things like between the sheets and you know, the, a lot of the stuff that we've gotten from her. Yeah, so. I hope there's something in there that you haven't read yet. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Last set of questions is from at storied shelves. First question is what are some of your favorite Jose series in terms of the art style? Uh, and we can combine this with the previous question of uh, Jose mangaka with great art styles. Can I say all of them? But <laughs> also more specifically, uh, I'm going to kind of mimic my earlier answer with uh, Haruko Kumota. Yeah. I think she has a really fluffy, like, <laughs> I don't know, kind of loopy art style. I like yeah. it a lot. It's really um, cute. The little faces she <laughs> draws on her characters. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it's Itoshi no Nekoke especially is all mm -hmm. done in, like, watercolors, the way that, like, Takagoshimura mm -hmm. stuff is. Um, yeah. I love that style. Mm -hmm. So, um, I also really like again Akiko Higashimura. I think she has a really appealing and uh, just really nice art style. I think it's just really attractive. Um, uh, yeah, the <laughs> enclosed cold fat like Ono Ono has a really um, it's very starkly different from those other two, but uh, incredibly. Yeah. To the point and very effective. I, um, and Okazaki yeah. as well. I was going to say Moyoko Ano and Mario Okazaki are actually two of my favorite mm -hmm. illustrators. Um, you can see some of their more involved illustration work if you look at their Twitters. And they just absolutely gorgeous. Ayazawa came out with like a calendar last year and it's like mm -hmm. so beautiful. Um, so I definitely love those artists a lot. Yeah. Um, 
I I also like, um, and although I've only read one series of them, and although it, it does appeal to my more obvious interests, um, I think Matsuri, who does Phantom Tales of the Night, like the, oh man, the atmosphere in that series is super good. The use of blacks, the paneling, it's just, oh, I love it. <laughs> but again, bias, so... <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> Hagio. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she's just so wild. I don't know. It's like mm-hmm. I wish more uh, artists would be that thoroughly embracing of just bizarre visual metaphor. <laughs> yeah, there's like one of oh. my favorite like mm-hmm. um spreads from her is from A Savage God Reigns, and um. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, the main character, Jeremy, is, like, he has a lot of, like, breaks from reality where he can't remember if he killed his mother or not, and he is unclear if he wants to keep it a secret or, like, tell other people or if he has told other people. Uh, it's a lot, but (laughs) he's Mm. dealing with, like, all these feelings of, like, keeping things hidden within himself, and, like, he walks downstairs into the basement, and it's a really clear, like, Poe reference, where, like, his yeah. own corpse just, like, falls out of the wall next to him and rots. Um, oh, my God. And it's so good. <laughs> More artists should do stuff like that, because it's where wild. Where your corpse falls out of the wall, <laughs> yeah. and then you, you see ever, yourself... You know, you know that rot. feeling when your corpse falls out of the wall next to you and <laughs> rots into a skeleton? Um, and you become intensely aware of your own mortality yeah Yeah, man love it (laughs) absolutely um (laughs) she's great (laughs) um also uh for series i guess because this creator does seinen and shoujo and whatever uh chika umino's honey and clover Mm -hmm. um yes I love her art. I have her Honey and Clover art book, and um, her art is just so sweet. (laughs) It is. And I'm hunting that art book myself because I love her stuff. Um, So cute. Super duper cute. And that is a wonderful series as well. If you can... Well, if you can find all of it, I think volume 8 is super duper out of print, but the rest of it should be fine. And I think you can also buy it digitally again, so yeah. check it out. And has a good anime available mm-hmm. from Discotech, so yes, It's super good. <laughs> it's um about a group of art students. Uh, well, some of them are, like, graduated, but they're all, like, alumni of the same art college. Um, <laughs> some of them won't graduate. They just refuse to graduate. Yeah. Um... <laughs> One of them's a professor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> refuse. Oh, my God. And then he, like, just <laughs> randomly goes overseas for, like, a few months, and he comes back, and he's like, yeah, I worked on a film with George Lucas. <laughs> Look at all this money I have! And they're like, why do you eat all of the trash food then if you have all this money? You are what you eat, and he is trash, and he's afraid of being anything else. Man, Morita is just like, honestly, pure (laughs) 
artist energy. Like, he is peak artist, let's be real. He is like, chaos they're... gremlin energy. <laughs> um, yeah. That's, wow. I mean, everyone's a mess in that series, to be honest. <laughs> um, yep. But I kind of like how that series has, like, it'll, like, take a very relatable feeling from that era of your mm-hmm. life, like when you're in college or trying to figure out what you're going to do with your life. Um, and, like, take it to such an extreme. Because it's like we all have that, like, crazy friend from college who it's like, they always seem to have all these crazy opportunities, but, like, you don't understand why, because they're insane. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it just, like, takes that to, like, the comedic extreme of, like, this guy is actually, like, loaded from, like, the fact that he is just such a genius that he gets picked up by, like, all of these famous movie directors who want to work with him, but he seems barely aware of that fact because he's just struggling to put his pants on in the morning. <laughs> he never he never sleeps in his own room. He doesn't ever have like a dollar to pay for anything. He makes a skateboard out of uh, someone else's shit, and you're just like, oh my, like there are so many ways. That you didn't have to do this. You could have avoided, <laughs> avoided this. But then people are just like, yeah, it's just that guy. Like, it's yeah, just how he is. Don't just worry Morita. about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, him? Yeah, that's just Morita. It's fine. Don't worry. No, don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. And the professors are like, please graduate this year. And he's like, uh, uh, I, I think, think I'll, I'll stay for another my... year. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, he's like, they. oh, his professor begs but he's like <laughs> tears in his eyes like please just finish your graduation I think I'm project work into metal working <laughs> you're so you're so close and then he finally <laughs> he finally does graduate they're like goodbye and then he's like yeah i'm just starting as a new graduate like i'm going into sculpt not sculpture it's going into something else and you're like oh my god kid <laughs> No, no, <laughs> free us from your curse. <laughs> Please but, like, leave. I always like my favorite part of that series is, um, I guess, sort of the main character, Utah. Um, mm-hmm. It's an ensemble cast, but I guess if you had to pick a main character, it'd be him. Um, he like he has this like quarter life crisis. And he just mm. drops everything. Like, it's the middle of the night. He just gets on his bike and just, like, goes. <laughs> and it actually ends up encompassing a kind of large chunk of the series where he just, like, yeah. he just He's keeps trying going. trying to find himself. Yeah. He's just trying to find himself. Trying to find who he, <laughs> he is ends up, and what like, he wants to be. He ends up biking all the way to Hokkaido, you know? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not, like technically realistic but it's like haven't you been there you know like yeah. i've been there especially <laughs> especially for him because he's surrounded by so many talented accomplished people who seem to know what they want to do or they seem that mm-hmm. like they have their plans where he really doesn't know what he wants to do he likes mm-hmm. art 
and he likes doing what he's doing, but he's not, he's not famous. He's not, he doesn't have like people following his work. He doesn't have yeah. like this. He doesn't pre- like live and breathe it the way that like Morita or Hagu do. Yeah. And he's not so as diligent it... as Ayu, you know, and he's mm-hmm. not as pragmatic as Mayama. And just... so it's it's him getting that perspective and, like, outside of his bubble of friends who seem to have things worked out, which none they don't have things worked out, just spoilers, no. but... No, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think that's the thing is that you always know, like, when it's yourself, you are aware of your struggles, but the people around you can very often seem to have everything, like all their ducks in a in a line. They've got things. They people can put on very put together uh, affections, right? Like they people can look like they know what they're doing. They've got life sorted when in actuality their life's a hot mess. But you don't see that struggle necessarily. Mm-hmm. You just know yeah. that you feel like you're falling behind, or you don't have that thing that makes you interesting or unique or that thing that you're super passionate about and want to dedicate your whole life to. And so you feel like you're missing something. And I think yeah. that's something that is really well portrayed in that series. Um, just, yep. yeah. Oh, oh, love it. Super good. My other, other, other uh, favorite artists. And again, big fangirl, repeating myself, but Fumi Yoshinaga. I love her art style. It's quite simple but very expressive and is able to capture a lot even though her art isn't like hyper detailed it isn't like i don't know i've i've seen a lot of different criticisms of her art which is fair but i her the way that her characters emote you will be laughing <laughs> at like the first panel of the page and then three panels later, you will be crying because mm-hmm. it's just such a natural, organic feel like way that is portrayed, and it's so human. It's so good. And then some of our favorites because of the story. Uh, favorite creators, I feel like we already covered. Favorites because of the story would be. So I guess stuff that we don't necessarily care about the art, but. <clears throat> love because of the story uh probably all the series that we mentioned that um we did not mention in the question about art styles (laughs) yeah Uh, like chahai furu i love i think the art is lovely i think it's really wonderful but even if like i don't read that series because the art is captivating i read that because it's a really good series it's got really wonderful characters. Um, I do think that the art helps it in a lot of ways, but I don't think that the art is what makes that series good or stand out or anything. Um, yeah. I would recommend that series for more than just the art style. I would actually, art style would be one of the least things I would even think about when recommending that series to someone. Yeah, for me, um, there is sort of a generic, I guess, Jose style uh, that mm-hmm. uh, doesn't. I, 
I wouldn't say it doesn't appeal to me. It's just like I look at it and I'm like, yep, <laughs> that, that's a Jose series. That I think yeah. you see in stuff like Perfect World or like Everyone's Getting Married mm-hmm. where it's like, I really love those series, but it's not like I picked up the series because I looked at the cover and I was like, whoa. Yeah. You know, it's just actually Perfect World in particular, I think she struggles sometimes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Maybe a little a little too ambitious for her artistic mm-hmm. skills at times, but not like distractingly so. Um yeah. yeah. Those are the two that are coming to mind where I'm like they're really good, but also the art is like fine, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd agree. Um, I mean there's there's a lot of series I never like and this might be weird when, it's to- when we're talking about a visual uh, medium. And it's not to say that art doesn't matter. But it's not... There's there's only part- like a few particular artists that I will I necessarily find art striking enough initially to just pick up a series off the shelf or like off of, you know, Amazon or something. Um, that really catches my eye. Uh, most of the time, it would have to be like the premise interests me, and if I'm already sold on the premise, then the art uh, is kind of hopefully complimentary. But if it's a little bit janky, I'm like, that's fine, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm pretty picky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> yeah, no, I- I'm picky about art. If I think something's ugly, I just put it down. <laughs> Which tells you that I don't think that Perfect World is ugly. I just think it's passable. And then the sort of last question, I guess, from At Storied Shelves is, what are some themes or topics that you enjoyed seeing covered in Jose, and how might that approach differ in other demographics? Hmm. Mm. What do I like seeing? I like all the stuff we've been talking about, about just portraying the lives of older women in mm-hmm. society, I guess. Well, um, yeah, I think there's... A, I, going back to the sort of our first question about um, romance uh, and that difference between, like, adults being in a relationship versus teenagers being in a relationship. Um, and so that's, I mean, I, I like, I like romance. I'm no, I'm not gonna, I'm like, I'm, I don't read romance novels or anything. I don't have anything against them. It's just, it's not something I seek out, but I like a good love story, like the, the best of us, right? So, (laughs) Um, when I can wholeheartedly enjoy a romance, um, in, with adult characters, with more relatable characters, um, at my current time in life versus, like, when I was a teenager, then I, yeah, I like that. I like to see that, and I like to support that. I guess my favorite things to see portrayed in Jose is, like, the weird gal manga post-year 24, like, let's talk (laughs) about, you know, 
exactly all of the ways that society has and continues to fuck women over. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the most, like, harrowing way possible. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I don't feel like, I feel like I see those issues treated well within other demographics. Mm-hmm. Um, I've definitely seen it treated well in shoujo, for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. as well as, like, seinen, obviously. There's mm-hmm. just so much variety in seinen manga, you just can't <laughs> paint it with a brush. I probably would be less interested in reading a shonen manga about that stuff. <laughs> um, I just, I would be worried about where the editorial department might neuter that kind of series for that audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the the other thing that I just thinking about it that. And this is going to sound weird, right? But the thing that I really appreciate for Jose is treating women like people mm-hmm. and like uh in that they're <laughs> they're able to m- make mistakes, but also that like just because you're a working woman or a mother or uh you know, past 30 or whatever you can still have like nerdy hobbies you can Mm -hmm. still be like interested in some something or not be not interested in romance or finding a partner or or you can go out like on a wednesday night to the bar with your girlfriends to talk shit (laughs) exactly and and so allowing women walk around your apartment with no pants on (laughs) no bra no pants on beer i feel like yeah yeah. i feel like (laughs) allowing women to be people people to be everything that is human not just flawed, yes. but like undignified and ugly mm-hmm. and ungraceful and not necessarily always existing to be seen by others, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, that's my thing is that in a lot of, especially, and this is for obvious reason because they're not very rarely the main characters, but in like, and in certain seinens as well, but in shoujo and, and shonen, women who are working women and mothers are there as a support system for the child mm-hmm. character, typically. Yeah. And so they are portrayed in a certain way, uh, whether it be homemaker, whether it be whatever, you know, the the wise mother who's always like, Yes, my darling, and then like pats you on the head. Um, and good wife, when you're wise a child, mother. <laughs> yeah, and uh, when when you're a child, that's I think how you see your parents. Like they have, you don't see your parents necessarily as who they are, right? Because you are a child, and you're they're adults, and they have things that they don't show. 
to they don't necessarily like to show their struggles to their children they want to be that support system or they want to be that authoritarian you know influence in their life or whatever whatever so um when you have women being portrayed outside of mother teacher nurse um the uh, romantic object of affection which a, lo- a lot of seinen has mm-hmm. uh, and have them be their own person that's mm-hmm. what i like to see and read because obviously yeah adult women are are people and we do have things that are and know. i feel like even in some of like my favorite like say seinen titles that are mm-hmm. um perhaps by a male creator or for a presumed male audience. Um, Even if, like, they're my favorites and they have some of my favorite female characters in them, there's still, like, a distance, I feel like. Mm -hmm. There's still something there that's, like, you know, this female character is just not fully realized to the extent that the male characters are. Um Mm -hmm. Where it's like, you know, this character is really good and has a complex inner life and has goals and motivations and fears and flaws. But there's just a lived-in-ness that isn't quite there that there is with the male characters. And I feel like Jose is where I go to get that. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's more eloquent than my <laughs> my explanation, but yeah, exactly. Um, because it's like, you know, it's women writing for other women to read about women. And, uh, you know, there's just gonna be a perspective there that uh, no one else is quite going to get. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is why Jose Manga you know, has a unique value and everyone should give it a shot. Yep. Get to it. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of titles in this episode for you to choose from. Uh, Yeah, and that's not even, like, all of them. We didn't even really talk about any of the Harlequin romance stuff because they're not really stuff that we, in particular, read. But there's Mm -hmm. a lot of it. There is a whole bunch of it available. There's a lot of it. Um, um yeah, I mean I am an I I like uh butterflies flowers, which is mm-hmm. tr- trashy. <laughs> 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 um so, you know, we've all got our poison. <laughs> and you dear listeners know our our poisons far too well because we talk about them all of the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That's mm-hmm. Jose Manga, and that's the last question. Yes. Um, it was, I, I think, hopefully enlightening, interesting, if nothing else. Um, if you were someone who asked for recommendation in particular... I hope that uh, everything we talked about uh, has given you sort of an idea or some 
titles that you can chase up on, maybe piqued your interests, because um, that's what we always hope to do uh, for for you. Next My month birthday. is G's birthday, and y'all know what that another means. Year. <laughs> another year, another another circle around the sun. And because it's my birthday, I get to demand whatever topic I want. And thus, I am going to inflict onto all of you, as I did constantly this episode, so we know just yeah. how bad next episode's going to be. The long-awaited. <laughs> for Miss Fumi Yoshinaga and all mm -hmm. of her amazing series, of which we have... 95-ish percent of everything she's put out available legally in English. So yep. there'll be a lot to talk about. And yep. uh, yeah, I if you've not tried her work, I would I encourage you to do so. There's a lot of her stuff in a lot of different demographics, a lot of different genres. And um, uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about majority of them, if not all of them, but probably not all of them there's some bl that doesn't need a deep dive into but <laughs> but but her other her main series of which are multiple and wonderful uh i'll definitely be talking about and ray uh thank you in advance for putting up with me <laughs> and you uh have yeah been putting up with my Constant Takarazuka DMs. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. Uh, yeah, so next month is March. We're going to be talking about uh, Fumi Yoshinaga and all of her amazing series. Um, and so if, as always, you have questions, I'll be putting out a tweet. A reminder as well that if you are wanting to be a guest on the po podcast at any particular time, or you just would like to join us for an episode, I have also put together a guest form, um, which you can find on my Twitter, which is at collecting G, that being G double E, uh, all one word on Twitter. It's linked in the description below. You can fill out that form and uh, give us some information, and we hope to invite you on. Uh, and otherwise, yeah, make sure to let us know your questions beforehand, whether that be in the comments on this video, if you're watching this on YouTube, or again, when I ask for questions on my Twitter. Uh, and Ray always retweets, so you can, if you're just following her as well, then you'll, I'm sure you'll then see Then what it. are you doing? Uh, <laughs> Follow G. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, just a reminder that as well as being available on YouTube, you can listen to the podcast on basically every major podcasting platform, including Google Podcasts, including uh, Apple Podcasts, including Spotify. Uh, we're on we're on everything. So uh, and they do it does the episode comes out at the same time or as close to the same time as I can usually get it. Um, so, yes. Uh, hope you guys look forward to next next month. Uh, and 
thank you guys so, so much for listening. I will catch you in the next episode. Bye till then. Bye, guys.